all you've done all day is take the lightest pack <laughs> down a mountain and still find a way to complain about it. And all you did was have to go get your GoPro. You forgot. Yeah, I did. By myself. I could have gotten eaten by mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Willie. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Um, today, before we get started, one thing I do want to talk about is last week we did, uh, I think it was me and Troy, we did a podcast on calling, and we asked anyone who listened to it if y'all got anything from any of the stuff we said, if y'all killed anything, we wanted y'all to send pictures in. We actually had a few folks send stuff in, a guy named Cole, a boy named uh, Louie, and then there was another guy named John. Um, he didn't actually listen to that podcast. He listened to the Wired to Hunt podcast, where Will was a guest on there last week, and all of them sent us pictures of deer they killed so i thought that was pretty cool but anyhow to to what we're talking about today if you hear anything weird in the audio today if you hear some some wind noise or you may hear a vehicle driving by we're not usually the past couple times we've been podcasting from the camp house at cottonmouth we're inside a, a canvas tent montana canvas tent with a fire going right beside yeah. us right now <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in the middle of nowhere it feels like but i couldn't be happier where we're kind of in northern nevada in unit 22 yeah you know, hunting. I do this tag. It is um, 19 years. What it took me of putting in in Nevada to to get this non-resident elk tag where crazy. we're sitting right now. Yeah, <laughs> that is too cool. It, it, it's, it was public land. Public. Oh yeah, we got people hunting just like we're hunting and passing people and other hunters and you know everybody's excited just like we are and trying to find an elk. And I'm gonna tell you, I've I've been fortunate to hunt a lot of areas and all states out west and the the. The Nevada hunting, elk hunting, was an opener to me. And I see why it's so limited and why it took so long to get here. It was really a fun time. You know, hunting, we made new friends hunting with White Rock Outfitters. And just, they know what they're doing. They got their stuff together. And you, you better, if you draw a tag that took you 19 years to get, you know, I'm not saying don't come do it by yourself, but you're, you're really, I think you're limiting yourself if you don't have somebody to help you that knows the area. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't want to stay in town in a hotel. I, that's not fun to me. No, that I was... I here in camps and tents. And We've uh, had more yeah. fun we sitting in this camp at night around this fire, just swapping <laughs> stories and just having a good time. Yeah. But one of the things that, that I want to talk about is, one, I mean, that we usually, I mean, 98% of the time we're elk hunting is during a rut, you know, and, and we've, you know, we, we've seen a lot of that, but this was very, very different in terms mm. of in terms of that. And I didn't know, I, I don't know how much experience you've had with it i didn't really know what to expect i knew they weren't going to be rutting it was just it was a different situation i mean it's a completely different hunt you know right well i took my daughter about four years ago morgan to um southern colorado i think it was the third second or third season um rifle hunt there and it was identical to this as far as the way we hunted yeah. strategy you know you you're you're going to see some bulls with cows, but 90% of the time they're going to be young bulls. Yeah, and that's know? what we saw. We actually heard one bugle, but he was, I mean, he, you know, young guy. Y- young guy. And, and But these big, mature bulls, these, and, you know, everywhere is different. Let's just say the type of bulls at this place, you have a real chance of shooting a 350 to 400-inch bull here. Right. I mean, realistically. Well, your older age class of bulls, this time of year, are going to be by themselves or with other, you know, maybe two or three or four other bulls. They're going to be in a little canyon, secluded by themselves. And we hunted that way in Colorado, and it was the exact same way yeah. that we hunted here with, with Sean Lyle with White Rock. That's what he does. He knows this area. He knows these places where these bulls go. He said, we can go see, you know, 20 bulls a day if you want to, but the biggest one's probably going to be 300, maybe 320. Right. You know, and that's not what you come to Nevada after 19 no. years of waiting to, to, to chase. Yeah, and that's, like you said, you, we saw quickly here the caliber of bulls. Like, you know, I mean, like a like you said, a 350 to 400 bull, that's not just – 
out of the ordinary here. Yeah. That's just we the saw kind seven. Of, the, one morning we saw seven bulls, three shooters. Yeah. And when I say shooters, they're all in the three fifty class. Right. One thing that that I thought was interesting, you know, because like I said, normally when we hunt them in the rut, they're they're so keyed up about trying to find a cow that you, you I mean, you still have to obey. I mean, you still have to watch the wind, obviously. But there's it's almost like you know, same way with whitetails during the rut, you have a little bit more room for air to work with. Whereas in this situation that was not the case like you i think if you like the first mistake that bull's gone well this time of year you have to slow down and be patient right um everybody has their own style of hunting and and just because you know some people might not like my way i might not like their way but this time of year if you're running around on a uh, side by side or a vehicle and you're just i mean running and making racket those bulls they live here yeah. they live in this country they know what's going on I mean, the best thing you can do is slow down and be patient. Right. And you know? one uh, thing that I thought, you know, because stuff that dealing with when you're hunting on public land, one of the times is, you know, we were out, we were up on a hillside, we were glassing on this big uh, northern side of the slope trying to find a bull, and the road was not too terribly far away, and we hear this guy just come roaring through, just, and we, you know, and normally, you know, if you're on private land, that's not going to happen typically. But on public, and that actually, you know, that stirred some of those elk up. We saw it. You know, we saw the effects of that when guys do that. How I mean, it got some of those elk up and moving because they didn't like it. They were trying to get out, and go the other direction. You know, you want to find places. Everybody wants the easy spots, and instead of getting aggravated with other hunters there, I look at it differently. I look at it like they're going to help right because they're going to move elk around. And if I can find those kind of places or, or or hunt with people that know those kind of places, like Sean and his brother Corey, then that's what you do right you know, that's use them to your advantage let them run the elk around to you instead of you running around trying to find the elk and that's exactly what we did yeah i mean we saw different bulls and we hunted the same spot three mornings in a row and saw different bulls every time yeah and i think that what was cool about that is it's something that that sean said that one of the re one of the things about that because we we saw it wasn't just that guy we saw multiple multiple people coming down that road and sean said where they're going the glass realm they can't see right here Right. You know that I mean they can see around it, but right this this little slope where we saw all those bulls, I said they can't glass that from where they're going. And it is hundreds of square miles of that same kind of territory in this in mm-hmm. this area. I mean, yeah. you can't. It's like a world inside a world. You go over a ridge, you're like, well, I didn't know this was here. It's like yeah. its own little, you know, home or own little canyon. You can't see from anywhere. And the only way you're going to find that is to get out and look for it. You're yeah. not going to see it off from the road. Yeah. And going going back to not really knowing too much what to expect from this hunt. And one, I didn't know what the country was going to be like and that country out here is gorgeous that these the mountains and stuff and just but um you know we we hiked you know a fair amount to get to get done what we got done yep, yep. and it's still good hunting and i don't want it to sound negative to, to road hunt because you might have an older gentleman that can't get out more right you might have somebody with that's been sick or has cancer and they, they you know this is their last chance and so i'm not trying to make fun of that no. or, or down them but you know, there, there's situations or, or techniques for each situation. Yeah. And some of the people I saw running around here wide open, I thought was kind of, you know, yeah. probably not doing the best for themselves or their clients if they were outfitters. I have no idea what they were, but it was a lot of people moving a lot, way too fast in my opinion. Yeah. So let, let's talk about like starting on the, let's go to the second day because that's when we when we started seeing, seeing bulls. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Um, I do want to highlight that like the first day we went to that spot and we did we see... We saw a group of cows and a small bull the first yeah, morning. First morning, that was it. And um, 
I think you Sean know Sean had he had spotted two days before he he'd hiked in there in glass and saw a nice five by six right that he thought was you know a shooter but he wanted us to see it and make our line up and that's the bull we went after right and we never we never saw him. no but that's the one thing I thought would be important to highlight is you know a lot of people that I don't want to say a lot but I mean I know. I mean, I would, I could be guilty of this. Is is you go in there to a spot like that and you don't see anything? You mean okay, let's go somewhere else. But Sean knew what he had seen there and knew the potential what could be there, and he said, "I think we need to go back there." And sure enough, a second morning is when we started seeing big ones. Yep. So, yeah. So the the seven by six. Let's talk about that. Yeah, no, he was he was fine, but we we got there early, didn't see anything for the first few minutes. We did see one way off, and we're not even in our same zip code, so to speak, and then. We just happened to spot a bull coming down uh, in a burn, you know, coming down a ridge, and it was a nice five by six. But he said it wasn't the one he had seen the right. week before. So that bull comes, and then we saw another one behind him was a seven by six, and he was a three fifty plus bull. Could have been three seventy, I don't know, but he was a fine. He was bull. big, and he, he he went out of the burn and went to timber. And we actually went back in that burn that evening, mm-hmm. got in there early and, and set up, hoping he would come back to feed, but he never did. Yeah, so. that's where I left my GoPro. <laughs> yeah so let me tell you so we shut up there and late left his gopro well i, I stuck it on a bush in front of me because we always film everything live sometimes it'd be two and three cameras running that these guys do so we, we snuck out of there because we, we knew there were elk there and we were trying to be quiet i didn't think about the gopro you didn't think about no. it so we left it there for two or three days and then you know i, I shot the bull i did and after we packed him out today you had to hike back in there probably another probably by myself you made me go by myself well i was just testing out your your skills see if you could find it i was and you passed with flying colors like well i got up there and uh i was like i got to it because at one point i I knew i was close to it but i couldn't find it because that we were in a we were in a a burn where a burn had come through so there's dead trees everywhere from that burn and so i was kept thinking i was like i remember the tree looks like this and i'm like well, there's a hundred trees that look like that. I'm spinning around in circles, and I was like, man, if anyone came out here with me, they thought I'd probably be laughing at me, spinning around in circles trying to find this thing. I finally pulled up a picture on my phone that Sean had sent me of us sitting there, and I lined up the trees, and that that's, that's how I found Just it. think about how bad that would have been if you would not have found that. We'd have to hike back in there and help you <laughs> Well, that's the thing that Dry said. If I walk back to that truck, the whole, I don't know how long it was. It was a long way. If I make it all the way back to the truck without that GoPro, Brad will not let me hear the end of it. Said, I would have said it a couple of times. <laughs> a lie. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but anyhow, so back on the subject. So we, we hunted that evening, don't see anything. Um, and we decided to go back the next morning. Yeah, and that's, that's that, so. That I just had a feeling about it. You know, Sean liked it. We'd been in there. We'd seen a shooter bull, and there was elk sign everywhere. It And it just had the feeling, I mean, you just have that gut feeling like I like this spot. Something's right. going to happen here. And that that kind of thing, you know, and that kind of tactic or whatever you would call it, I think that could apply to any kind of hunting, you know, because it's so. And I, I think, especially, I know my generation is guilty of it. You know, you just you want results now. You want stuff instant. And if you go somewhere like we did, I mean, knowing it was a good spot, we didn't see anything. It's so easy to go. Well, let's go somewhere else. But we just knew, or I said we knew. Sean knew. That this was a good spot. It was. It was very capable of producing. We just need to stick with this, and so we did, and it ended up paying off. Well, that that last morning we went in there, we saw, we hiked in there, got set up. I mean, right at first light, you know, Sean spots a bull, and then there, we actually we saw that's we saw seven bulls that morning, but there, there was three in particular, and they were about six hundred fifty yards from us because I ranged them, and it was um, 
I think a, a small five by six and then a little like a four mm-hmm. by four and then a nice six by six. Yeah. And we watched them feed, but they were getting really close to the timber and it was really, really quiet that morning. Like, if we'd have tried to move, they would have hurt us easily. Yeah. All three and that us. was so, because, you know, it, again, I keep going back to this stuff, how it's different from when we're hunting them during the rut, but it's like you have such a small window to make something happen with these yeah. elk this time of year. You know, I mean, it's just right early in the morning, it seems like, and then right late in the afternoon because they're just so. They're just not worried about anything that time of year, but eating and. Well, this country here is is a lot of timber. Yeah. It's a lot of cover, a lot of thick cover, and it's a lot of little small pockets of, of grass. And a bull can get out of sight from, I mean, there is thousands of places they can hide from us. Yeah. And so these were close to the timber, and we knew once they got in the timber, gone. They were gone, and and our our decision was, Sean said, let's just leave them, because they're not going to go far this time, and, and that's why we go back from September. Right. You know they could. And an elk will go 15, 20 miles and no big deal. Yeah, same as a buck but doing this time right, of year, yeah. they're in a comfort zone. These elk were happy. They were feeding. They wasn't spooked. And and so we just backed out of there. We got back in there at 1 o'clock. I actually split up. Yeah. Sean got on one ridge. You and I got on the other ridge so we could see different angles. Yeah. And we spotted them and ended up kind of Sean said, I think if I had to guess, there's in a basin. We're going to see them in that little opening right yeah. there. And sure enough, that's we we just saw one. We didn't see the big one. That's just where experience comes into play, and that was all we needed to know. We had just, um, well, one. Let's back. Let's backtrack just a little bit, um, because going back to the GoPro. What? No, I don't want to talk about the GoPro no more. (laughs) 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 I'm gonna leave that in the past. Okay. I lost it. I went and got it. But I'm not backtracking. (laughs) I lost it. I went and got it. (laughs) We're good. All right, going forward. Going forward. So that morning you know they were very i always like to try to key in on stuff that's either one made us successful or two stuff where we could have gone wrong and you know we we, those bulls were in a position where you may could have snuck around and tried to get a shot at one and we decided not to and kind of explain yeah explain why it was just so quiet there was one we didn't have much time because they were close to the timber and we felt like we were 20, 30 minutes away from even getting close to being able to be right. in a position to shoot. Yeah. And two, it was so quiet. If we were to bloom up, you know, spooked them, you know, we got to start over. Yeah. That, that deer would have been over. And, so, and it's just, you know, knowing, like you said, it's not like the elk's going to leave, you know, or we, we didn't think he would. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just a risk, but it's a small risk. You know, he's going to be somewhere right in there. That's what Sean, he's going to stick to right there. So let's not push it. Let's not risk boogering him and getting him because if he sees us, then he is going to leave. And so that's when we came back that afternoon. So you can pick back up from where yeah. we're – so we split up. Well, we split up, and we we spotted one of the bulls that was – one of the three that we had uh, spotted that morning. And then we just made a plan, and we, 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 grouped, we um, grouped back up, all three of us. And Sean said, we got to get on top of that ridge so we can try to see in that open basin. That's what we did. We just did a, um, a fast. We didn't have much time, maybe an hour and a half before dark. We just started hiking, just going. It's up that ridge, and we couldn't see good. You never know. Yeah. Once you get up there, you don't it know what's going on. It was thick. Through. It was thick. And and we got up there and we got kept getting closer and closer. And we knew we were on top of them. And you know we could hear them down there every now and then hear the little sound. But the way the the roll in the hill was, we could not see them. So mm-hmm. we just kept inching up, inching up, and finally got to a little spot. And I started easing down the ridge trying to see. And and you and Sean were above me. And y'all heard them. Yeah. Was, they heard me probably. Yeah, I, I spun around because I heard something. You know, we'd heard like I said, we'd heard them before. We'd heard him walk in, or I think, you know, at one point Sean said it sounded like you could hear his antlers. It sounded like maybe the two small ones might have just been sparring, sparring a little bit. bit. Either that or yeah. he's, it could have been his uh, antlers hitting limbs as he was walking under stuff. But I remember you were you were down the hill, 
probably about 15 yards yeah, away 15 from me if that and maybe. Sean I was standing up on kind of on top of the hill and Sean was behind me just about five yards and I heard something and I spun around about that time I spun around I see Sean pointing like yeah. this up the ridge that intense point with that yeah. big eye saying we right. know he's right there <laughs> yeah we got to do something yeah. yeah and I came back up to y'all and we got right around a little thing and and we're glassing glassing and, and Sean said I see movement right there get ready right in the saddle and so I got the trigger stick up and I got it set I set my rifle on it and you're in the same time you're setting the camera up I mean, it happened. If we would have been five seconds later, yeah. ten seconds later, been done. You can you can see it in the footage, um, you know, because we were on. You have to deal with this a lot when you're in this kind of terrain. It's all uneven and stuff. And so, I'd got the tripod up, but my camera it would have looked like he was filming it on a. I don't know. It looked like you had your head t- tilted sideways. So I was bent down trying to level it off, and I level my tripod off. And as soon as I stand back up, I see an elk walk into that little mm-hmm. open saddle. I was like, oh, goodness. And I mm-hmm. zoom in on him real quick. And the thing that was so cool to me, and I know you probably feel the same way, is so we saw those elk that morning, and it was those two small bulls and that one. And those were the same three bulls we saw when you killed him. Yeah, they were all still together. And, and luckily the big one was in the back of the, right. you know, as they were crossing the saddle and we were able to stop him and he turned around and looked and by that time I was sitting and you were sitting and mm-hmm. I shot and we heard him crash. He, he might have went 50 yards. If that. Yeah. yeah. You, had a, you, you put the old whitetail merit on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have a, it ha- everything happened so fast I didn't have a call in my mouth. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're, you know, when you come out here in November, the last, especially on public land, last thing you want to do is be blowing right. an elk call because yeah. um, they, they, they're not interested in cows mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. You know, now, I wish I'd have had one to stop him. Yeah. But just doing the little mack. You know, and it Sean worked, did yeah. the same thing. He, man, he yeah. heard a noise, so he just stopped, turned around, and gave us the opportunity we needed. Yeah. Beautiful six by six Nevada bull. He was perfect. And um, we we actually we're leaving early in the morning. I mean, you have to leave here at four thirty, head back to get back to Mississippi and Cottonmouth, and yeah. and kind of kind of sad to leave. I hadn't done many November elk hunts, but this has been a a, a very special. One. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. I, I know when I saw. I mean, I was watching through the viewfinder, and I saw the bullet hit him. I knew it was a good shot, and I knew how fired up I was. What did that mean to you? I mean, because we talked about you. We said something short about it earlier. I mean, that was 19 years yeah, 19 to go. Years so, I mean, what, what and, did that? And we had, and it, what we had, it was some people said, well, I'd rather bow hunt. And, look, I love bow hunt. I love gun hunt. But we had a hunt. Yeah. You know, our hunt yesterday was we spot them at daylight, and we pretty much, you know, worked on a strategy and yeah. worked to get close to them all day long. And then for it to happen, the last five minutes of the day, it was just a scenario. It was a true hunt and it was a combination of of all three of us doing the right things at the right time and it just worked out i thought it was i mean it was so cool and like and and i don't you know i didn't know it's not like i had i didn't have negative feelings going in i just didn't know what i was going to think of it because all i knew was rut hunting and elk i just i didn't know what to think and this it was so cool to me just just get back to where i started out with morgan in colorado earlier when we started talking and same deal here when morgan shot her bull it was a uh, six by seven and I saw him in this little meadow the, the day before. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, same deal. We stayed out of there all day, and we eased in there, you know, hour and a half before um, dark and just set up. Had to win right. And sure enough, that bull came back in that same meadow. And and that was private land. Well, here we are on public land, same strategy. Yeah. Some people say, you know, you just got to find the spots that people aren't running side-by-sides through and running trucks through. I mean, we watched three bulls water right beside a road yeah. two days ago yeah trucks going by they know they sit there and they hide they know what's going on oh especially those older this ones this is where they live yeah those <laughs> the older yeah they they live here we are definitely visitors yeah. but it, it's just it's a, like you said it's a matter of just 
taking your time and making extra sure you don't bump them or you know because i think i mean like i think this time of year the first mistake could be you know like you said the making that that bull's gone and you got to start from well, scratch if you, bump, if you bump him and spook him he might go a mile he might go 10 miles I mean, right they don't have they don't have a limit yeah they, they can go a lot longer than i can yeah, yeah. but it, it was yeah it definitely was it was a different experience it was it was incredibly fun for me i mean just getting to see all that country and just getting a sense that you know that we figured that bull out a little bit enough mm-hmm. to get a shot at him well you know what like i said we're leaving tomorrow and we're sitting here in this tent and Sean's stoking the fire right now, putting mm-hmm. another log on, and we're gonna sit here and laugh. And we got we made some new friends and had some fun times. And packing the elk out today, staying in a tent. You know, some people say once they shoot an elk, the work begins. I had as much fun today as I did yesterday. I had fun. I mean, that it's was, part of the deal. Yeah, and and it just the whole experience has been exceptional here. Yeah, it it hadn't stopped it. That fire does feel good. Yeah, <laughs> it 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 uh. Like I, I'm the same way, and I think you know, because part of that, I, the first elk pack out job I had was with you in New Mexico, and that you said that then. You said I enjoy this just as much as I enjoy the hunting, and I felt that way about it ever since. Yeah. Just because it, it's to me, and it's it's just as much a part the of a, packing them out is just as much part of the hunt as pulling the trigger on them. Well, is. I want one thing I want to say too is is what we did. You know, we shot him. We didn't find him until thirty minutes after dark because we left him for twenty minutes just right. to be sure. Yeah, and it. You know, it was going to be 15 degrees last night. So what we did, we gutted him, spread him open, and, you know, I mean, it's just like putting him in a cooler. He was, like, every piece of meat on him was cold, and I yeah. always split the back of the neck. Yeah. Because that's one of the hottest parts. And if you do, if you split the neck, and you open them up and spread them open, and it's going to be below 30 degrees, you're A-OK to leave them overnight. Yeah, it got, it got in the teens last night. So, I mean, you might as well, I mean, it'd been, he'd have been warmer if you and put him sure in a cooler. And it's easier to cape them out and quarter them up, you know, when when it's daylight than it is doing it in the dark. Yeah, absolutely. Headlight absolutely it didn't make but now it. if it's both season it's hot you, you gotta, gotta you do just it gotta then. fight through it you yeah. gotta do it then you have to sport. but so yeah for sure and we you know we were we were lucky in the respect too sean's brother came in and so we had four of us so we were able to get them all in one trip mm-hmm. when we got them out but yeah it was it was such an absolute blast one one more thing i almost forgot about it um that i thought was cool is is how like I said, we, we talked about the 19 years thing but how you went about the uh world tro- trophy well worldwide trophy um adventures what they have they have what's called a tag division yeah because um, we do, the reason i bring that up this. is, is oh, this we, is a yeah. great service and we have a lot of people ask questions about it which well, is why i wanted you to talk busy about people it. what they do eric pollock's the guy we deal with at worldwide trophy adventures and say you want to put in for for 10 animals or, or, or nevada montana utah colorado new mexico whether sheep goat moose elk mule deer antelope whatever they do all everything you can put in draw for they manage that for you you have a portfolio you tell them what you want they front the money for you they they put in the draws they know when the deadlines are and they handle that and you know busy as a lot of people are it's wonderful to have that and they have the knowledge of the best units and that's who uh eric referred sean rock rock outfitters to us and that's why this turned out so yeah, good because they absolutely. know the best units and the best outfitters and it's just a it's a super service that i recommend i got several of my friends doing it now yeah. and it's um it's top notch yeah and I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk because we we get that as far as you know people facebook messages instagram messages emails whatever people ask about that all the time and mm-hmm. like that was a outstanding service for you but um and they, they do will jimmy is the same way and, and they put us all in and like i said at 19 years of putting in here and i yeah. got 19 points in arizona and i got tons of points for goats and sheep in other states and yeah i mean 
let them do it. You know, they, they won't miss it because we get busy and <laughs> don't always happen. Yeah. So that's what they do. Absolutely. So last question, then we'll get around to sitting around this fire and eating supper. 19 years. Is it worth it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's been worth it. It's been 29 years. I knew the know? answer to and that I, part. And I didn't, and if, if I'd have come away from here and not shot a bull, it'd have been worth it. It's, you know, as I get older, I appreciate the, the, the mountains and appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. And if I shoot an elk, that, of course, I, don't get me wrong, I want to shoot one like the next guy, but yeah. I don't have to shoot an elk to be to be happy yeah. anymore. We had we had so much fun yeah. before with me, you, and Sean, and, and uh, walking around the mountains and joking with each other and just enjoying the country. We him and, a little Mississippi slang. We said Mississippi slang <laughs> while we were up here in Nevada. He said he's going to have to have a notebook to write down all the sayings <laughs> we were teaching. <laughs> Oh man, it was fun. But anyhow, long, I know. we got a long day ahead of us tomorrow, and we'll yeah. be back in the Whitetail Woods next week. Yeah, be back at it before you know it. So anyhow, we're gonna run out of time here. So um, yeah, we'll get back to it. So I hope y'all enjoyed this. If you have any questions, feel free to send them in. If you if any of the things that that we say on here help you and and taking an animal, please send us pictures. We'd love to hear about it. And as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.